Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Kicker issues and injuries lead the NFL headlines today after week one. OutKick 360, final hour, just like that. It's here across the OutKick network, broadcasting live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, the injuries, Dak Prescott out six to eight weeks, according to reports. He's going to have a pin and a plate inserted to stabilize the joint in his thumb. Uh, watching it back late in the fourth quarter, I mean, it's obviously painful. And the you, the fact that they picked up on McCarthy learning about the injury for the first time and his reaction, I immediately made me think, does he think he's uh, a dead man walking? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that your own job necessarily flashes before your eyes then as much as we're screwed. Just the initial, this team that I'm working with right now, we're all we're all in for it now that Dak Prescott is out. The crazy thing is the back-to-back hits by the same player on the thumb mm-hmm. and not really knowing which one exactly broke it, but there's two consecutive hits that it could have been the combination of two, could have broken it the first time and then tried to throw it again and then hit it again. And aggravated, but it was crazy to see that. What was the go-to line you were talking about with coaches? Like we were going to just one play at a time or whatever. Process, process, the process, well, yeah, and just, not the. Uh, the no, we're not going to look at the result. The we're go-to line the of players in general that just say, "You know, what, I'm going to come back better from this." Yeah. Dak Prescott very nonchalant about it post game, and we'll, I'll come back. But how? How do you come back better from this? You come back in eight weeks. And you're 0 1 now. Are you getting Cooper an- Rush is your backup quarterback. And your thumb not, is never going to be better. It might be the same, but it, it'll always have the remnants <laughs> I, of having been cracked. I always think about like a bionic man when they say that, like, are you going to get a steel implant in your thumb? Like, how are you going to come back better post injury? Are you doing something scientifically that we don't These know are just about? things we say. You're going to be like Henry Rowan Gardner in Rookie of the Year, and they're going to p- uh, put your arm or your thumb in a position band? to throw it even harder next time? We just say these things to make ourselves feel better. Well, they just speak to give an answer to say and the media is conditioned to just TV. accept any answer as an answer. And that's what they well, have. Well, I yeah. mean, the media I mean, has to quote them. I mean, they can't just not write yeah, the but, quote. Yeah, but you can also follow back up. But what do you say? How are you going to come back better? And then he, yeah, how do you feel about the fact that you've opened the season and you're hurt again? <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, feel great about it. <laughs> you know, I'm out six to eight weeks and, you know, I'm going to come back better from this and it's just something, you know, injuries happen and... I'm thinking like, That's really, it. dude? Like, you're there. wasting another year as as one of the – I mean, you're treated as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. You're playing for the Dallas Cowboys. And at some point, it's time to put up or shut up. And you have this terrible injury that happens at the end of a fourth quarter where you're getting stomped. There was no life to your offense whatsoever. And you're coming back better from that? Like, I, I, I just – it's just an answer to say, just to give an answer to podium, well, you know? It has to say words. He, he might come back better. I think he comes back the same. Uh, the Cowboys aren't coming back better. No. Cowboys, D-O-N-E. Well, that's my point, you though. You could like, also it's, just say. It's another, it's another year 
wasted. So who's the team? We that, that's all, my point of the offseason. Yeah. Jerry Jones, uh, 80, well, he can't wait too much longer if he wants to win no. another Super Bowl. I, so, I just wouldn't be able to take it on him for a long if time. If I was Dak Prescott, I just would not be able to put on a phony face of like optimism and confidence. It's part of the job. After that, though. It's kind of part of the job. But what do you, you do, hang you your head? You don't have to be, but my point is, like, what's wrong with just saying, Damn, I'm pissed. Hey, I, I was told that I could be back in six to eight weeks. That's what I hope to see, and we'll see what happens, you know, when I come back I'm and, really and how it feels. I'm disappointed and frustrated. I'm going to go home and drink yeah, a beer and But to, cry to, to what Hudson's saying about, instead of just saying, I'm going to come back better than ever, just say, cool. in six to eight yeah. weeks, I've been told this is very frustrating. This bleep continues to happen. But I hope in six to eight weeks that I, I'll see how it feels then, and hopefully I'll be okay. Okay, so we did. I, that would be my mindset at the time. Well, maybe. I don't know. I'll come back. I probably can't grip the football when I come back for all <laughs> exactly. I know. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking in my head, right? We did our playoff fields uh, for the NFC and the AFC. My last team out was the Saints. I hate the Saints. I, I, I mean, I don't like this Saints team. Um and it's not anything about their win, but I got the Cowboys out now, who were my first wild card, largely on schedule and being in a yes. division where I think they should beat up on the Giants and the Commanders. I'm throwing them out now because I think this kills them. I, Cooper Rush isn't winning any games of any magnitude. And they're mo- it looks so, like they're moving forward with him, at least initially, yeah, although Mike a great McCarthy. alternative to go get. Well, you get to trade someone. Yeah, you yeah. trade for someone. I mean, they've, they've, uh, who was the one guy on the trade block was uh, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph's better than Cooper Rush, but not by miles. Oh, he was far better in the preseason. Uh, multiple teams, according to reports, are, I mean, no one's calling for Cooper Rush. No, Cooper, they, they cut to, Cooper Rush. He also has to come in and <clears throat> learn your offense, which would take a couple weeks. But right, yeah, yeah. I, I'd rather have Mason Rudolph. They, they cut Cooper Rush, though. They, I mean, they, and I don't know. They, it, so I think it's Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, and the, the two other ones don't make sense for the teams that would be trading them. Jimmy Garoppolo, we, we hit this early in the show. Yeah, he's staying put. At this point, based on what we saw from Trey Lance, you can't trade Jimmy G. And the other one, I think, is Gardner Minshew, but I, the Eagles aren't trading him yeah, to I think Dallas. You keep him put. I mean, unless they come knock you over the head with some gigantic yeah. offer. So I'm putting, New, uh, I'm putting New Orleans in the playoffs now. What are you, are you guys? I have New Orleans winning the division. Yeah. So, but who was your last team out? And would you swap them for the Cowboys now? Yes, the Cowboys are out. Who was yes. your team? And I think I had the Cowboys in. I don't. I don't have it in front you of me did. right now. You did. But uh, oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, who, who would I put Who's in over the Cowboys NFC, now? NFC team that you. Mine was probably in. San Fran. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Yeah, and I think San Francisco. Davies was got there. them over there. I, the. My list consisted of the seven. How great do you feel that your team in just got beat by Chicago and has an insufficient? That's my point. Broader point is we're all going to be putting in a team that we hate in the NFC. Yeah, in the I, NFC, I, we'd be like, oh, well, good. We've got a I, good I think, team to slide in. I don't in think here. I had the Saints in, so I'd probably slide the you Saints in both be also the Saints and the in. Cowboys out. I really don't like them. I mean, I'm tempted to say the Lions, but I'm not going to say that. Lions aren't good. Lions lost by three on a day where Philly was really Lions good. Aren't. Well, so it, multiple times throughout the game, I was able to watch three and a half quarters of this game. Philly got up by double, uh, two different scores, two possessions, multiple times, and they could not put Detroit away. And one of the underrated players of the week is Swift, the, the running back in Detroit. Yeah, His won? numbers, I mean, no one's mentioning DeAndre Swift today because of what because Lamar Jackson did. 
Um, but, well, not just because they lost. I mean, not Lamar Jackson, because of what A.J. Brown did, excuse me. 128 yards on six catches in the first half by A.J. Brown, and everyone's tweeting about the Philadelphia Eagles because they separated the score for the vast majority of the game. But DeAndre Swift, 15 carries for 144 yards. And wow. they they still maintain that they want to split reps in the backfield in Detroit. I don't know how you don't give this guy Williams. more. Yeah, and he was good too early. I don't know how you don't give this guy more touches uh, Philly, by the way, gashed the Lions' run defense just like they did in the yeah. pass game, too. I'm not giving the Lions bonus points for losing close to a good team. The Lions lose close. That, that's what they did last year. Until they start winning yeah. close, then I'll start noticing them. But if they're getting gashed running and losing close, what's changed? Well, the, the unfortunate part was they had a chance to get the ball back very late, down three, and you and somebody getting gashed. It was a third and one. They had... I think Miles Sanders hemmed up in the backfield and he gets like a 25-yard game to end the game. And I'm thinking... Oh, but Philly... To, to what you're saying, Paul, that's the Detroit Lions not just making that one play late. They need to make to give themselves a chance. Also, their quarterback's Jared Goff. Nothing's going to change about that. He's not going to turn into a guy that's going to be... Jared Goff, by the way, for a starting quarterback, was almost completely non-existent <laughs> on the entirety of hard knocks. And it's so weird... Because every starting quarterback has always been profiled well, in a big way. I wonder if because of the last time he was he's on already Hard Knocks. On, and he said he didn't know where no, the sun if, rose. If that's exactly. If he had like had the final cut and to tell the team, I don't want to be on this anymore because last time I, I, got embarrassed. I was uncanny, I, I made a fool of myself. The only thing they showed him doing was his charity. He was probably, they promoted his charity in inner city Detroit with him in a boardroom with high school students. In one episode, and that's it. He probably told the team, I'm not interested in being featured on there, and then he was intentionally boring AF when the cameras were around to make sure he wasn't on there. So, Goff yesterday, 21 of 37, 215 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Hurts, 18 of 32, 243 yards. And ran. Uh, ran all, yeah, he, he ran 17 times for 90 yards. Sanders had 13 carries for 96 yards. Gainwell had five for 20. Uh, Scott, four for 10. I mean, they all the touchdowns came rushing. And then A.J. Brown, in his debut, shows up and makes impactful catches that lead to scores. And he would not go down. I mean, he needed to be dragged down by multiple people at the end of many of those catches. Just a physical beast. You know, it's, it's, um, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that with that trade, we may end up seeing two ships passing in the night with those two franchises. Good. If the Titans don't figure out pass-catching targets and quick, because they're about to be 0-2, certainly looks like, then they get the Raiders. This thing could go south in a hurry, and Philly, for one week, looked pretty damn good. And Jalen Hurts looked really good in that game. Now that he's got a viable guy in A.J. Brown well, with that team, throw to their and two. you combine that with the fact that you know, other than the Giants looking surprisingly good in week one with Saquon Barkley, the Cowboys are virtually out with Dak Prescott out. The Commanders are the Commanders. Philly's the favorite now in that division. I'm just going to put that out there into the, into the atmosphere and let you guys deal with it as you will. The Commanders, the Jags had just three points at halftime. Trevor Lawrence, he, he had led a, a nice drive to begin the third quarter. Uh, touchdown pass to James Robinson. I'm thinking, okay, 
Here comes the DraftKings money line props and and the uh, the money line underdogs from Friday, where we we bet the Vikings as a money line underdog at home. Win that, even though the line flipped whenever yes. whenever Green Bay announced all the the three players starters were going to be held out of this game. The line flipped by minus one and a half for Minnesota at kickoff. We got it at plus money on Friday. That counts. We also uh, we lost Dallas, by the way. That was horrible. And we should have won. We should have won Jacksonville. They rally back. My Jags rally back for me. And the rally won. Jags. And wouldn't you know it, um, another example of an offense targeting their top guys. Props to you, Washington Commanders. Terry McLaurin getting double teamed. You still get him the football. You don't just start finding your fourth and fifth best options because they're on the field on third down. You're not going to force it to your you know, third string tight end. Uh, I'm alluding to the Titans. Jeff Swain was a part of their game plan, and the reason he's on the field is for his blocking, and they threw him the football quite often. And the guys who are known for catching didn't get many targets. Austin Hooper, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks combined for nine targets and five catches against the New York football giants. That is alarming to me. You've got to, uh, and they didn't for look all at of this coach speak quarter. about, you know, the quarterback's going to throw to who's open. The analytics are pointing to the fact that these guys are open, especially Traylon Burks. And if he wasn't running open, it's because they were keeping him on the sideline. That has to change if the Titans are going to be, to Chad's point, I'm tying back in Philly now, uh, not passed in the night based on one trade. Because the guy that was setting you up for scores and helping you close games out was playing in Detroit yesterday. And um, Christian Kirk on the, on the Jacksonville yes. side. A guy they brought in that you know everyone thinks is overpaid, right? Is. Based on it. Oh, he is overpaid. But yeah, but he was targeted. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. they went after him. I mean, and, and he, he. I had him on my fantasy football bench, and it was a big mistake <laughs> to have yeah, him. Yeah, he played well out of Allen Robinson, who had one catch in his game. But I, I I just look around the league and I see all these you know Drake London, God forbid a rookie get on the field and get you know eighty yards receiving and have an impactful performance. Not every team I'm going to reference wins. But the teams I reference treat their number one and number two guys as such. And it's a passing league, especially when a defense like Wheaton Martindale sells out to stop the run as well as they do. And when it happens, it's happened when he was the defensive coordinator for the Ravens here in Nashville two years ago to open the playoffs. Ravens shut down Henry. No big plays in the fourth quarter. 50% passing. Lamar Jackson gets his first playoff win. And... We saw it last year in Cincinnati, or here against Cincinnati. And yesterday, another strong pass rush performance by a Titans defense that was all for naught because there's not, an, there's not another option outside of if Henry, then what? They traded away that dude. You clearly, if I could get a one-shot here, you clearly were not listening to the 3-6 Mafia. What does that say? Who run it? We run it. Now, yesterday, we was the Giants in Nashville. Yeah, they're talking about the AFC South, right? I don't know what they're talking about, but they didn't run anything Well, that's yesterday. their T-shirt, I think. Yeah, well, this is 3-6 Mafia. This is the <laughs> Titans' attempt to appeal, I'm told, to Memphis. 
Maybe they are. I, I, it would be. They look like they were having a great time at halftime. What an incredible marketing story that it would be if the, suddenly the Titans got like 200 season ticket requests from the city of Memphis because uh, they had 3-6 Mafia at halftime. Someone, someone in the Bluff City is looking around saying, you know, I'm going to start going to Titans games three and a half hours away because they bring 3-6 Mafia for a halftime show. Paul, I, I'm frustrated by, by Burks because I, I looked too often on the sideline yesterday and there he is. There's 16. You know, they're working him in. They're using that as well. You know, he's, he's eventually going to be a number one or number two. Okay, cool. Uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina is out there. Akine is out there. Um, Kyle Phillips Kyle is out Phillips. there. That's the one that's representative so, to me because they baby people into the lineup. And he's immediately in And there. they're babying their first-round receiver into the lineup, but their fifth-round receiver is capable of, of making snaps. the big catch on the, now, the drive to set up what would have been a game-winning field goal. I'll I get um, snaps here. I want to preface anything further on Traylon Burks to say the dude was – like, he was mugged going down the field in the first quarter. Got tripped up by 33. And I don't know how there's no penalty flag on that. So, you know, at worst, it's a pass interference. At best, he catches that and, and makes and turns it into a big play. And instead, nothing happened. It was just ruled an incomplete pass. Phillips so, did not play that much more than Burks. Burks played 24 snaps, which is 37%. Phillips played 31 snaps, yeah, so, which is 48. But I'm not I'm, not even the snaps. So I'm glad. But I'm, I'm glad they're relatively even because they forced the football to one guy. Yeah. One guy got the football quite often. One guy's the third down, uh, probably the prime target on third down. So it's a trust issue because they trust Kyle Phillips. Clearly, Ryan Tannehill and the play caller trust Kyle Phillips. And which uh, is not a, I don't which think is Traylon not, Burks. Is that's not a yet. negative. Oh, that's a that's positive. not a negative, but it shouldn't be used as a as an excuse for Burks, um, who showed up out of shape um, early in the off season and then tried to work his way through camp and did okay in in flashes of camp. But again, we we never clearly figured out how to define his role. We could with Phillips, and that's to his credit. Robert Woods was the top wide receiver. He played forty six snaps, seventy one percent. He made one early catch. He was invisible after that. Two targets and total. did not separate. Yeah, I mean that's he wasn't open. It's an alarming issue for an offense that, you know, is going to have to move the move the needle a bit passing the football. And, and we saw an abysmal attempt at that last year when Henry went out. And when Henry's not the number one option for the offense, you've got him. And, no, no matter how good their defense is. And I looked at uh, next next gen stats from last year. Woods had a good separation number last year with the Rams. Better than I would have expected. I think a yard better than uh, anybody on the Titans. I think this is another example of the Titans waiting on ACL recovery. Oh. And they went and picked this guy. He was cheaper because he's coming off of ACL. But if Robert Woods isn't going to be Robert Woods until November again, this team is just waiting on Bud Dupree, Taylor Lewan, Robert Woods. Every year, a key guy who's not himself who who they you know they gotta sit and look at their watch on um, the the reason why I, I immediately thought of Burks uh, if if we're if you're not going to compare him to AJ Brown we're comparing him to first round wide receivers and where they traded up to draft him um, Dotson caught the game winning touchdown pass for Washington against Jacksonville John Dotson and uh, had two touchdown catches in his debut 
in a back-and-forth game against Jacksonville. He came up big when it mattered. And credit to Carson Wentz for throwing him the football that way. Um, and it's amazing that if they just make a kick yesterday, we're not talking not. that much about no, it. We're no talking one, about corrections out of a but, yeah, yeah, ugly t- win. Titans fans don't care as much because you're 1-0. But there is there's a significant rinse and repeat with the way this team opens seasons and how they play up and down based on their opponent. So get ready for a good performance this coming uh, Monday, a week from tonight in Buffalo. But that's a double header next week, right? It is. Yeah, it'll go to no, about halftime. It, yeah, go to yeah, about yeah. halftime. Overlapping, overlapping Monday night games. But again, I'll say last year Seattle on the road, tough game. Titans coming in there zero and one and needed a, a good performance and got one. But Seattle proved to not be as good as we thought, and the Titans were better than we expected. This year, I would say Buffalo is better than they've been. They're due to beat the Titans, and the Titans aren't as good as we thought. Chad, your, your impressions of the sequence to end the game to set up the field goal yesterday. It was, uh, it was amateur hour. I mean, it looked like a Pop Warner team. The Titans, I think, shocked themselves so much by having a great passing play late <laughs> to set it up that they didn't, they didn't know what to do. There was no play call coming in. They're just standing around. There's no urgency from the quarterback to get the ball snapped hand the ball to Derrick Henry and just push a pile forward to get more yardage, do something, throw the ball again. There was 18 seconds left when, when Phillips caught the ball to put them in position for about a 45-yard field goal. Out of bounds. He's out of bounds. Out of bounds, 45-yarder. They have to burn a timeout because they're about to get a delay of game, and then they use the next play instead of... That was their last timeout. But they could have still thrown the ball towards the boundary at that point, to try to get something quick or get an incompletion. You could have had a run one play and rush the kicking team on there. Risky, granted, but can be done with 18 seconds. Have the field goal team ready to go and get out there and kick the game-winning field goal. That scenario you're mentioning, though, is I think what Vrabel was thinking about the most, where you have some crazy thing happen. Um, There's a pile. And that's fine. It takes guys a while to get off the whatever. Here's what bothers me. 18 seconds left. Yeah. They're not prepared to run a play. But you can't throw it. They have to That's bur- their issue. They have to burn a timeout, their last timeout in this sequence, and it's not like it's a 27-yard field goal. I totally get the quarterback taking a snap and running backwards when it's close to get to the hash you want. They went from 44-yard right around there, 45, to a 47-slash-48-yard yep. field goal by going backwards with Randy Bullock as your kicker. A guy with a history of missing kicks at this range. This is not an automatic deal. If it was an extra point chip shot, I get it. Get it in the right spot, center it up, whatever you need to do on that situation. But because you were ill-prepared after, you know, shockingly making a play in the passing game to Kyle Phillips to give yourselves a chance, instead of, all right, get on the ball, get on the ball, let's do something, let's get it going, out of bounds, set up a play quick, Run the play, get more yards. People are all over. Well, it wouldn't have mattered. It was so far. I bet if you got seven yards on the other play, may have been good from where it was the way the ball was hooking. Would have been a lot closer than that. They gaffed it big time. That's a coaching error. That's a a management from the quarterback error who also had another problem. I know they're claiming the the clock wasn't reset at one one point by Jerome Boger, who, by the way, also terrible and terrible in this game. But it was very disappointing to see that late game management from a guy in Mike Vrabel who's typically very good 
in clock yes. situations in late game management. Why are they more concerned with moving the ball laterally than vertically? It makes no sense uh, it, for, a, for it, a kicker. It, it's a very simple premise. I've never seen a kicker say, you know what, I want, I want to go further out to make sure I make this. <laughs> and I'm more concerned with a hash mark than advancing right? the ball. Have you ever seen a kicker However, say, you know what I need on this next play? Go back five yards. Or go back three yards and let me kick from I, there. I do think... Move forward to get it closer to the uprights. I, I it's a do simple think premise a, a in sport. A 47-yard field goal, it should be a routine condition for a He's kicker. He's got to hit the kick. No, no doubt. Especially considering they asked him which, which hash they wanted it on and the distance needed, where... I believe Rabel said if, if the he told the offense to get it to the twenty five. Twenty five, he says, and he was just outside that. And you see Tannehill start to look over, like, are are we good? And then you start calling the timeout, and you set up Randy Bullock, and he still missed it. Again, he makes the kick. A lot of these issues. Well, the are pass got it not. to the twenty seven. Then they took the minus two to get it to the 29, which is where they attempted it from. Look, It I, all seemed very amateurish, I, I think, as you say, yeah. Chad, from a coach that's usually on the top of his game in such well, situations. Randy Bullock needs to hit that kick. I'm not letting him off the hook of this either. He should no, be able to kick poor. NFL kicker, 47-yarder. You should hit it to win the game. Circa but I also believe that you are in sports many times punished for your stupidity. And the Titans were punished for poor management at the end of the game. If they set that up the way they should have, he's going to hit that kick and the game is over. They were punished for stupidity. doesn't always get you, but there are times I believe there's karma in sport. And when you mismanage something or you play dumb, it comes back to bite you. And in this way, it came back to bite him with Randy Bullock hooking a, a field goal to win it badly. And Brian Dayball wins, wins over a locker room who was asked post-game hey, when did you know you guys were going for two? And everybody said Saturday night in our team meeting where he told us, I am not going to coach afraid. And then he told some guys on defense as on the, the Giants were about to play, about to score, hey, if we score here, we're going to go for two. And the resounding theme was F yeah. And postgame he says, I am not going to coach with the fear of consequence weighing over me. Now, that's all fine because he's After in year he one and he's coaching the New York Giants. And he made it. But the team that resembled the Titans brand the most yesterday were the New York Giants. And that was what was so alarming for a week one game coming off of the performance and coming off a half where they led by 13 and dominated. And then their defense, they, they faced an offense that was very similar to their own and they got pushed back. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick 360. Coming up, uh, a big discrepancy with a couple of the AP top 25 voters. Um, I, I hate the fact that there's this much inconsistency with how certain people across the country view certain programs. We'll get to that and continue to recap more NFL and college football headlines next and now kick 360. What's up everyone? It's Nick Wright and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. 
Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. So a bit of a gripe with the inconsistencies of how much certain voters on anything uh, in sports, from Heisman race to AP top 25, whatever it might be, Pay attention to, if you're voting for a top 25 poll, I would argue, maybe it's not the majority, but a a solid portion watch maybe three to four games. I mean, you think I'm being fair there? Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Because they're, they're all covering they're the game. They're all covering the game, so they maybe lost. You're, they probably watch fewer than that, some of them. But if you are... If you are covering a league or voting for a top 25 poll... Which I mean, it's it's more than just bowl games at the end of the season. It, it controls uh, recruiting bonuses. Bonuses, no, yeah, no doubt. Uh, certain programs breaking through the glass ceiling and other ones falling out. We we have seen a bit of that over the first two weeks. And again, I don't have much to gripe about except for two voters, uh, Don Williams, who covers Texas Tech. And he's done this since 1986. So, Don, I am sure uh, with the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, you're excellent at what you do. Um, Why do you have Notre Dame ranked ahead of Tennessee right now? In fact, you have Notre Dame ranked and Tennessee unranked in your poll for the AP Top 25. Explain that, please. Also, oversight. uh, Got to be someone just looking at a Top 25 board. And not even bothering to research what happened this week, or and just kind of placing is, people around that, or, or it is Don. It is an egregious typo on this graph, and I apologize. I am basing this off of uh, the account Group of Five that sent this out uh, because they're comparing the the Power Five and how the Group of Five is not moving up when the Power Five can fall out, and or they they went they move up for a top twenty five win, but the Group of five does not. The week three top 25, Georgia jumps Alabama. So it's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan are your top four. Clemson at five, Oklahoma, SC at seven. By the way, my four playoff teams right now currently are the top four there. spots. The only issue you're going to have is Ohio State and Michigan will meet and then they could, well, we'll see what happens. They won't meet again. They'll, they'll, one will they'll meet the and East. then the other one has a chance to get another win. Yeah. In the uh, title game, SC at seven, Oklahoma State, Kentucky to nine, and Arkansas beating South Carolina. Arkansas is now a top ten program. But here's so uh, Arkansas beats South Carolina. It's a good tie-in. Ben Portnoy covers South Carolina. He still has Pitt ranked ahead of Tennessee. They literally just played. <laughs> literally just played. 
Oh, man. And they weren't How was that possible. They weren't that far off in the rankings to begin with. It was 24 versus 17, and Tennessee beat them on the road. And then he has Pitt. Where's, so, where's Ben Portnoy from? He covers South Carolina. So, again, Does he have the Gamecocks ranked also after going down to Arkansas this week? You know, I really thought they acquitted themselves well in that comeback where they made it look respectable in the end. <laughs> so give me South Carolina at 25. Again, I... Better I, than that. Put them ahead of Tennessee also. <laughs> I, I am looking at this and thinking, how is this possible from a guy who covers an SEC program to not include Tennessee as being better than Pitt considering... They literally just won head-to-head. We just played the game. Look, there, there are... I think it's people not paying attention well, to it. Absolutely. It's also just, yeah. like, you got to let go of your perception. I, I have harped on this for so long. And it's not everyone. I used to... It's uh, not everyone. I used to host a, a show with, with Braden Gall, who that. covers college football. And we'd constantly get into this, who do you think would win between these two teams? You know, you, you got to rank the teams. Who do you think would win they played? And I would always say... I don't care. There was some big debate about Oklahoma State versus Alabama, I think, one year to be in the national championship or the playoff. And I I would say, you've got to go with what's been played, what you've seen. Of course, I think this team might be better. Does not matter what I think. I'm going on a body of work who has a bigger margin of victory, who's looked better in the games they've played. And if they haven't played head-to-head, that's how you factor it in. There are too many media members who just want to go with, well, I thought this team was better in the preseason, and by God, I haven't been proven completely incorrect yet, so I'm going to put them ahead of this team. When, in fact, Um, there are games being played that you look at those games and you vote accordingly. It's very simple. uh, Chad, what is... It's a simple process. What's Notre Dame's record? Notre Dame is 0-2. Okay, Ben Portnoy has them ranked 14th in the country today. I mean, it, it, again, his so, vote counts. So Ben Portnoy that, basically said, I saw them play tough with Ohio State and am just going to completely disregard a home loss to Marshall <laughs> in week two. Because what I saw, this yeah. is what uh, I'm, I'm speaking say? as Ben right now. What'd you say? Hi, ben. ben is saying, what I saw, yeah. the game that I watched, because South Carolina had an earlier game that day, so I got to watch that night game in Columbus, was Notre Dame had a really tough defense and played tough in the horseshoe that night. So I believe they're better. I didn't see the Marshall loss, guys. I, I saw it on paper that they lost at home to Marshall. But because I didn't watch that game, good, I watched them. I'm going to put them right around 14 right now. That's what Ben is telling the country. This is egregious. This is Now, I will say, Hutton, I'll, I'll give something I like about these polls. Um, they've been quicker to just catapult someone. Based on an early yeah. season result, Florida's better, a good example. Better than you. Not top 25 to 12 after beating Utah. Kentucky, 20th to 9. 11 spots up after winning at Florida. Good. Let people go. Tennessee, 24 to 15 a week ago after winning at number 17. That's good. We don't have a lot of games to go by. Now, so you go by what you've seen, and if you've got a big win, some of these teams do already. Give them a big bump in the polls. A poll with, quote-unquote, less prestige, mm-hmm. the ESPN NFL Power Rankings, which were big, big click. Yeah, that, big that's what you do Big clicks at ESPN. Yeah. <clears throat> they used to have far too many people vote in it. Then they scaled it back. I made the cut there for whatever reason. But what? here's what they want. They wanted you to get your votes in. Now, I wouldn't vote before the Monday night football game was played. 
because I wanted to include yeah. everything. Once in a while, I would fall asleep at the end of Monday Night Football, but I would wait for the result. I got in trouble one time because I was late, you know, like I fell asleep and I didn't wake up until 1.30 in the morning or, or something. You know, I got in that thing where I'd set an alarm for a certain time where I would and they bitched about me wanting to see the end of that game to, to get in the result. I said, it's ridiculous for you to want us to vote without seeing the result of that game in order for you to have it up early enough on Tuesday morning for the thing. Do you want a, a poll that's accurate on what we think about the teams? If you do, then you have to wait until that game is over. It's a part of the week. I, I completely agree. I want to give a little secret here about power rankings and polls like it's this when it's on a website. Well, it's click and I click on them. I like watching. I like reading Lists Major League Baseball. Polls. Everybody loves power them. rankings. I like all sports. I like seeing power rankings. Just one person can do it. No one cares about the process to get to it. Like I would read the ESPN power polls. I don't care that every NFL Nation writer at the right. time wrote it. If someone's good at it, to eliminate all this. Just put, here's the ESPN well, power poll. Here's the OutKick power poll. It's written by Armando Salguero. Okay, fine. It's the OutKick. He's, a, he's an OutKick employee. It's the OutKick poll. If he's good and at he'll it, have some consistency I will continue going back and reading it. My point is, we get so worked up on, boy, we got to have everybody contribute us and vote in on this. And You don't need that. If someone's good at it, assign one person to it. I'm still going to click on that poll. And then he can answer I'm still going to read that power rating. I don't need to see the process and the algorithm that got you to these power ratings. I'm just going to read it if I think they're good. Well, then he can also answer these questions. What's the rationale here for Pitt versus Tennessee and the gap or the lack of a gap or the whatever? Explain every There's a one-man committee that can answer the question. I find that far better than some mathematical equation that gets every writer involved at your website or publication well, to vote on. It. I, I don't mind the, the mathematical like small equation. Committee. No, the AP poll is different. I understand that. With college football, it's been around forever. I don't want that to change in the voting process, but these websites that do it, if someone's good at it, just have them do it. Well, but I'll still read it. Well, so I'm, I'm doing a, a weekly thing where I'm looking at the, the top awards for the NFL and, and keeping up with it. I'm actually going to watch these games, though. I'm keeping up with every game to know what happened instead of just assuming and, and reading some opinion on, well, Aaron Rodgers looked great, but you know he had a lot of drops, but he's still, you know, he's the two-time MVP. I'm not going to include him this week, based on what I saw from this game. But, but there see, will be people that do. Hutton, I'm far more likely, and I will, and I have, and I'll continue to. I will read that before something that's just a bunch of people voting, right? Like if it's not if someone's good at it, I'm I'm more likely to read that than some. You have the write up. I, I just appreciate those that actually take their job and uh, importance of whatever. I and there's some importance in being an AP top twenty five voter where you're putting uh, by conference right now uh, the most uh, representative is with the SEC. And look again, it, it's by hard the way, to complain. This, this affects championships not oh. as much as it once did. But don't kid yourselves everything looks at AP appearances and how long you've been in there. And every program is going to, their sports information department's going to put that in their notes. How many weeks you've been in the AP? Where was your last top ranking? Have you won? You know, I saw Tennessee's already I'm putting out. Josh Heupel's already won two road games against AP top 20 teams in his short time in, in Tennessee. So th- it matters to your point, Hutton. Yeah. And uh, if you're going to include in your bio, I would take the time to watch some of the best games of the weekend 
that include the teams you're going to be deciding on. Or even if you can't watch them. Look, I, I, I've gotten better and better at this. I travel on a lot of Saturdays. My kids got ball on a lot of Saturdays. You've got to find a way to maximize the highlights you can watch and maximize the stories you can read to get a sense of what happens and rely on, on accounts that you trust. You're not going to be able, if you're covering a, a, another team on a Saturday afternoon and you have to get there and you have to write and you have to get from there, it's not feasible well, I mean, to watch it, everything. If it's too tough, don't do it. Well, That's not, my thing. If, not, if it's too tough on you, don't vote. I'm not saying it's too tough on you. They'll you, take it, the vote and the clout to do it, but they're too lazy right. enough to pay attention to what happened. Well, you can pay attention, but you're not going to be able to watch everything. If you're covering South Carolina, South Carolina plays it at 11 o'clock on a Saturday. You've got to be there at 9 o'clock. You're going to be there. They play a damn four-hour game. You've got to be in the locker room for an hour. You've got to write for two hours sure. after that. You've got to drive an hour home. No doubt. That takes a huge chunk of your day. But at the end of the day, there's SEC now. ESPN's got a pretty good highlight show. The Athletic's an excellent site. You can cobble together what happened over the course of the day pretty effectively. You've got to spend some time digging. And I don't. I, I, I went too far by saying I think it's close to the majority. It's not. Well, here, here it is. By you found two really good examples yes. of people that did not do their job well. Just well egregious this week. errors. But like Marshall wins in the top twenty-five against a perceived really good opponent. I don't know if we're going to put this graphic up ever or not. Uh, against a top twenty-five opponent, we can see now they are out of the top twenty-five. At Notre Dame, but so is Marshall. So those that were. Kentucky jumps up. Florida, unranked last week. They win against Utah. They jump up to 12. To 12 yeah. Marshall wins over Notre Dame, and they remain out. So it, App State also. App State. Granted, they, they lost their first game at home, but still, they're in the others receiving vote category. Two very good showings. But there, there they are without... You're not seeing their logo here in the, the AP Top 25 by conference. Point being, guys, there, there is, I think, a lot of uh, people who that preseason Top 25 and then others receiving votes factors into how they manage the poll moving forward. And it's really hard to get in it if you're not in it to begin. And Within it's pretty the hard to get out. It can be pretty hard to get out of it if you're in it. Yeah, but at least to this point, the vast majority of the voters have Notre Dame out job. of it. And, and rightfully so, based on their record. And we saw where Florida jumped up and fell back, and now Kentucky's... Rep- it, the ebbs and flows of this have worked so far. Um, and I'm trying not to read too much into it week to week, but the, these things do factor in, and we're starting to form opinions now as we get into conference play. And then once that happens, you pretty much have the top 25 figured out, give or take three or four or five teams, based on how these polls tend to go. If you're ranked 35th right now, are you getting into the top 25? It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard depending on your schedule. But I think it's easy to fall out to that spot based on the first two results of of the season for you. Yeah, the first four out, so 26, 27, 28, 29, is Marshall, Cincinnati, Appalachian State, Kansas State who we saw just rough up Missouri over the weekend. And another not good sign for uh, Scott Frost is Adrian Martinez looks really good for Kansas State. And briefly, props to Mississippi State. Yes, they look Uh, good. They were on a bit of an upset alert with a 10 p.m. Central kickoff. No problem. No problem uh, for the Bulldogs. We will uh, recap all the headlines uh, that we've hit on today, the top ones, including Dak Prescott and more next on OutKick360.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bet $5, get $200 instantly for all new DraftKings users. You've got to be 21 years of age or older, and this is for first-time DraftKings users at the Sportsbook. Make a deposit of at least 5 bucks in your Sportsbook account, then place a wage of at least $5 on NFL or college football games between now and week two of the NFL season, which is coming up at the end of the week, September 19th. And by doing that, you're going to receive $200 instantly in addition to any cast winnings for your original wager once it settles. I'm, uh, I'm going under tonight. Seattle and Denver, I am taking the under 44 and a half. And I'm also laying the six and a half. And I'm taking Denver minus the points and the under total. I don't know what to believe ahead, anymore, Chad. boys. You know, day is night, night is day, up is down. Who knows after this weekend? Uh, but I said it on Friday. I, I just have this gut feeling. Oh, Geno Smith's awesome. That this is going to be uh, for <laughs> gotcha. one night, for only yeah, one night Carol's in Seattle. There's going to be some mojo with, with the 12s okay. in Seattle. And uh, Seahawks are going to cover the Chad. six and a half. I'm not going to pick. I'm tempted to pick them on the money line, but I will not. But they will cover the six and a half. Chad's the only one of us that watched the uh, Manti Teo special, but he brought us all to uh, some level of guilt based on our mockery of the whole Lene Kakua deal. That won't stop me from saying... <laughs> don't watch it so you don't feel guilty well, like that, I do. That won't stop me from saying that a very important woman in the lives of uh, our of previous show died today in 2012. So it's the 10th anniversary of Lene Kakua's death. And uh, we mourn that to whatever the appropriate degree is. We don't know anymore what that is. Chad, I think, mourns her far less or more, whatever is appropriate. I'm going to stay out of it on this one. We'll have to come up with a proper mourning uh, celebration, I guess. But I'll I don't send know a wreath. Still not buying it. Still not buying it. Hey, uh, we will have more details on the future of the Dallas Cowboys quarterback situation tomorrow. John McClain will join us. Dive in with Barrett Salee as well in college football. Hope you'll join us for Outkick 360 starting at 2 o'clock Central on the Outkick Network. Do not block the box, but please, please lock your locks.